Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles to Psalm 100 this morning. Psalm 100. Just to reiterate the announcement about the Christmas tree lighting, I think that it will be an amazing time to come out. It's not just for families, it's for the whole church family to come. And it will be a time of, of a little bit of levity, but also a time of singing Christmas carols and hearing a message from God's Word. Uh, and just uh, taking an opportunity in a season that's been difficult for many people to come together as a church in the way that we can uh, and to celebrate this season. So I would encourage you to, to uh, consider being a part of that uh, celebration on December 9th at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, but you can show up at 5.30 if you want to. Now, as we continue our study of the Psalms, we come to Psalm 100. And the central message of Psalm 100 is that we would know that the Lord, He is God, and therefore we must worship Him with thanksgiving. The Lord, He is God. In Psalm 100, there are seven imperatives or seven commands that are given. If you've made it to Psalm 100, you can follow along. First, it is make a joyful noise. Second, serve the Lord. Third, come into his presence. Fourth, know that the Lord, he is God. Fifth, enter his gates. Sixth, give thanks to him. And seventh, bless his name. A few things to note about these commands. First, there are seven and seven is the number of perfection and completeness in Hebrew numerology. Second, we see that these commands are arranged in what we call a chiastic structure. Now, don't get lost in that word. This chiastic structure is a common structure that is used in Hebrew literature in which a sequence of commands or events or concepts or ideas culminate in a central idea And then these same commands are repeated in reverse order. So, for example, in our psalm, this plays out in the following way. A call to worship the Lord. A call to serve the Lord. A call to approach the Lord. And the central command to know the Lord. And then they repeat in reverse order. A second call to approach. A second call to serve. A second call to worship. You see, all of these commands are culminating, are pointing to this central command that the whole earth would know that the Lord, He is God. But what does this mean? You know, we are so accustomed to interchanging the word Lord and God that we might miss the point of what the psalm is saying. For the psalm is telling us that in a world where there are many rivals to the title God, the God who has revealed himself by the name Lord is the one true God. The name Lord is of a very specific person. For the word Lord in our English Bibles is a way of representing the revealed name of God, which is Yahweh. God is not just anyone God is the Lord. The Lord is the covenant name of God. The Lord is the God who created heavens and the earth in six days. He is the God who saved Noah and destroyed the rest of humanity. 
He is the God who made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God who appeared to Moses in the burning bush and led Israel through the desert. He is the God who empowered David, who inspired the prophets. The Lord is the God who so loved the world that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for the sin of the world. In short, the Lord is the God of the Bible. He is the God who has been revealed in the books of Genesis through Revelation. And throughout His Word, He has been declaring His unique status as the only true God. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord says, Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord, the Lord is God. In heaven above and on earth beneath, there is no other. In Isaiah 45, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. There are many rivals to the title God. Of course, there are false religions There are idols, there are philosophies and the like that tend for the title God. However, today, the most insidious rival to the Lord's title of God is man himself. For we have placed man at the center of all things. And we have remade God in our own image. Instead of recognizing that we have been made in the image of God, reversing the created order. We have modeled God and His aims to match those of our own. We think that God's main concerns are our happiness, our safety, and our earthly prosperity because we believe that we are God. As a culture, we assume that God's morality will change as our culture legalizes things such as abortion and no-fault divorce and same-sex marriage. We may believe in God in a general sense, But the Bible doesn't care if you believe in God in a general sense. The Bible doesn't tell us to believe in a general concept of God. It tells us to believe that the Lord, He is God. We don't get to make up our own God and then say, hey, this is what I believe in. He is not a concept that we get to define. He is a person who exists And has chosen to reveal Himself to us as Lord. Psalm 100 is about how when we come to know the Lord as God, we will worship Him with thanksgiving. It is centered on this most central of realities and it lays out for us three commands by which we may come to obey this one central command to know that the Lord, He is God. For we must come into His presence, we must serve Him, and we must bless Him. There are many things that we are dealing with going into Thanksgiving week 2020. Many reasons why we might want to scrap the whole concept of giving thanks for such a year as 2020. Many reasons to cancel 
It's easy for us to focus our attention on all that has and is continuing to go wrong in this year. Nevertheless, the word of God has hope for us. It has a message that will bring thanksgiving to your heart. For the Lord, he is God. And despite all the hardships of this world, all who know him as God will worship with thanksgiving. So hear now the word of the Lord. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And His faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to You. And we ask, O Lord, we pray, O God, that in obedience to your word, that we would be filled with joy and gladness and thanksgiving. O God, would you make us obedient to be a joyful and thanksgiving people as we hear your word and as we see and recognize And come to know that you, O Lord, are God. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. To Tell the Truth is an old TV game show in which one genuine and three imposters all claim to have the same identity. Maybe you've seen this show before. And they all claim that they are, make up a name, Jack Lawrence. And it's the job of a guest to identify who the genuine panelist is from the three fake. The guest gets to ask questions and interact with the panel. And eventually they have to make their guess. And it's at this point that the game show host would say the iconic line, Will the real Jack Lawrence please stand up? And the true identity is revealed. In a world where there are many imposters who all claim that they have the title God, there is only one. There is only one. All are imposters except the one true God. And He has revealed Himself in Scripture. He has stood up as it were so that we could all know that it is the Lord who is God. Again, verse 3 of our text, there we read, Know that the Lord, He is God, it is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. From this verse, we learn several things about the Lord and why we must know Him as God. The first thing that we see is that the Lord has made us. The Lord has made us. Now, it's easy to interpret this verse as teaching us that the Lord is the one who created all of humanity. 
That is, that it's referring to the Lord forming man out of the dust of the earth. And no doubt the Lord did create man. However, it is much more likely that the psalm is pointing to something a little different. It is more likely that the psalm is saying that the Lord created, made the people of God as a community. That is, the Lord created Israel as a nation. He called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Abraham had no knowledge of the Lord. He was a pagan living in a pagan land. He did not know who the one true God was. But the Lord called him out and gave him the promise of the covenant and revealed his covenant name, Lord, to him. And this is ever how the people of God have come into being And how we continue to exist. God sovereignly calls forth His people. He sets His affection upon His people before the foundation of the world. He has elected them unto Himself. He has predestined them unto salvation. He has called them from death into life. It is the Lord who has made us. And Christian, if you would know the Lord is God, you must know that He is the one who has saved you. That is, He who calls forth the church into existence and calls us His own. Why do God's people hear His voice and believe? Because we are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. As Jesus says, My sheep hear My voice. This is how we come to know that the Lord is God because He makes us. He reveals Himself to us. And if you would worship and give thanks this year, you must begin by knowing that the Lord, He is God who has saved you through His Son, Jesus Christ. For Jesus came as God incarnate, as God with us. He lived and died so that we might come to know God. He poured out His blood to wash away your sin so that whosoever comes to Him in faith will not be turned aside, but will be brought into the very presence of God and will know Him. In His prayer the night before He was crucified, Jesus prayed for His people. And this is eternal life, that they may know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom You have sent. This is eternal life. A knowledge that the Lord is the true God. This is eternal life. That you would see all the false gods of this world and that you would turn from them to serve the one true God and worship Him with thanksgiving. Now Psalm 100 gives us three ways that we come to know that the Lord is God in this saving way. Their first way is to come into his presence. Look at verses two and four. You see, at the center of the psalm is to know that the Lord is God. But the two flanking commands are in verse two, come into his presence with thanksgiving and verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Do you see the parallel? Come into his presence with singing, enter his gates with thanksgiving If you would know that the Lord is God, you must come into his presence with singing, thanksgiving and praise. 
the gates and the courts of the Lord are speaking of the temple in Jerusalem where the presence of the Lord was manifested among his people in its most potent earthly form during the temple era. And yet we who are in Christ come into the presence of the Lord through Jesus Christ himself, for he is the true temple of God. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus as our high priest ushers us into the presence of God. And therefore, it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help in time of need. If you would know that the Lord is God, then you need to come into his presence. The Bible tells us that Jesus himself is the very presence of God among his people. That He is the Word of God made flesh. That He is Emmanuel. In John 14, Jesus' disciple Thomas asked, How do we come into the presence of God? How do we do this? How do we obey this? How do we come to know Him? And Jesus responds, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Eternal life is to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom He has sent. But how do you come to know the one true God? What is the way? How do we come into His presence? How are we ushered into His gates? It is through Jesus Christ alone. Trusting in Him. Believing in Him for your salvation. Alistair Begg, a minister up in Ohio, in a sermon on the 100th Psalm, says that Psalm 100 gives us the password into the gates of the Lord. And the password is, thank you. We are to enter His gates with thanksgiving. This is how we come into the presence of God. This is how we draw near to God through Jesus Christ with a profound sense of gratitude for what He has done for us. If you have made yourself God, then you will have nothing to be thankful for. For all the good things in your life are your desserts and all the hard things in your life are a grave injustice against your divine being. And the theme song of your life will be, that's not fair. But to come into the presence of God through Jesus Christ is to have a profound reorienting of your emotions and your responses to this harsh and this broken world. For this world is harsh. This world is broken. It is filled with hardships and struggles and disappointments. And if you think that you are God, then you will never be thankful. But if your emotions are reoriented and you see that all the hardship in this world is the result of the brokenness and sin of mankind, then you will realize that all good things that you have are a gift from God's hand. And in particular, to come into the presence of God through Jesus Christ will fill you with profound thanksgiving. Because it is He who is God and not us. 
For we do not celebrate such things as thanksgiving only when the world graciously gives us all that we think we deserve. But rather we worship with thanksgiving all year long because we have come to know that the Lord, He is God and we are the sheep of His pasture. He cares for us. And therefore we enter His courts through Jesus Christ and are filled with gratitude. Know that the Lord, He is God. By coming into His presence with thanksgiving. The second way that Psalm 100 reveals that we come to know the Lord as God is by thankful and glad service to Him. Look at the next set of commands that radiate outward. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. And verse 4, give thanks to him to serve the lord is to offer your life and all that you are to his honor and his glory several years back there was a controversy in the church and you may have even remembered this around the question of whether or not you could know god as your savior but not as your lord what that means is you know can i be saved through faith in jesus christ And live contrary to his ways. Can I get heaven and act like hell? Now, this question is rooted in a deep, profound misunderstanding of the Bible's teaching on eternal security. For the Bible clearly teaches that those who come to Christ in faith will never be cast out. That the Lord holds him firmly in his hand. That there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nonetheless, if you do not serve the Lord with gladness, if you do not submit your whole life to him, then you have not been saved. It's not that you lose your salvation. It means that you never were saved. There is no separating Christ's saving work as savior and his sanctifying work as Lord. And therefore, to know the Lord as God, you must offer your life in glad and joyful service to Him. When Jesus invites us to come to the Father through Him, He says this. In Matthew chapter 11, He says, All things have been handed over to Me by My Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and anyone whom the Son chooses To reveal Him. Right? Eternal life is to know the one true God. And we know Him because Christ chooses to reveal Him. And now the next verse. Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Do you see the connection that Jesus is making between knowing the Father and taking Jesus' yoke upon you? In summary, what he is saying is, no one knows the Father except those who come and serve me. For the yoke of Jesus is the service we render to him as his people. 
The yoke is not like the yoke of the world. It is not harsh. It is not burdensome. Yet it is a yoke of service nonetheless. And this is why Paul would describe himself as a slave of Jesus Christ. Look, you're going to serve someone or something in this world. Whether you want to believe it or not, you serve whomever is your God. There's no escaping it. You will either serve money, success, or security. You will serve fear or anxiety or lust. You will walk with a burden in this life. You will carry a yoke in this world. It cannot be avoided. And if you would know that the Lord, He is God, then you must take on the yoke of Jesus Christ and serve Him with gladness. You would bring upon yourself this yoke so that you could worship the Lord with thanksgiving this year. For to know the Lord as Savior, you must serve Him with all your life. You see, to know the Lord... We must come into his presence. We must serve him with gladness. And the final thing I want you to see is that if you would know the Lord, you must bless and worship through Jesus Christ. Look at verses one and four as we get to now the first and the last parallel commands. Verse one, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. And the last phrase in verse four Bless His name. To make a joyful noise means to shout out the praises of God. There's a raucous command here. This isn't just a sweet melody. This is shout. Some translations say shout to the Lord. Bless the Lord. Make a joyful noise to God. And to bless His name means to declare that all good things in this world proceed from His hand. It's interesting to note that the psalm opens with this call to worship the Lord that extends beyond the boundaries of Israel, or maybe we would say beyond the walls of the church. For this call is to all the earth. All the earth is to raise up its voice in worship and praise and thanksgiving to God. Yet who has the right to command praise from all the earth? Who has a right to look out over all the nations and command anything? There have been empires that have stretched across the vast expanse of the earth. There have been men who have wielded tremendous power. But there is one alone who can command all the earth to bless his name. And that is the Lord. Psalm 24 declares, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell therein. Job chapter 41, Who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. The whole earth belongs to the Lord and everyone in it. And we are all called to render thanksgiving and praise to God. All the earth is to bless His holy name. All the earth must bless the name of the Lord. Shout forth His praise. For He alone is God. And this call to all the earth to bless the name of the Lord will come to pass one day. When all sing praise to Christ as Lord. 
Listen to how Philippians 2 explains how Psalm 100 will one day be fulfilled. Speaking of Jesus, it says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, there is a common misunderstanding of this text that leaves out one very important and powerful reality. What is the name that is above every name? What name did God the Father bestow upon Jesus Christ? It says it gave him the name that is above every name. Now, often we hear that that name is Jesus. And no doubt that is the most blessed of earthly names. That is not what the text says. It says that because Jesus was obedient and was exalted, he has been given the name that is above every name so that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The name that is above every name is the name of God Himself. The Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is the God that created the heavens and earth. He is the God who called called forth Abraham. He is the God who has made us. The name that is above every name is the name Yahweh. The name of God belongs to Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is God Himself. And this is how we come to truly worship with thanksgiving. We come to know the truth that Jesus Christ is God. For Jesus Christ is the Lord. It is through Him that we come into the presence of God because He is God. It is through Him that we serve the Lord by taking His yoke upon us because in serving Christ we are serving God. It is through Jesus that all the earth will praise the Lord. For on the day of His coming, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the one true God, Lord of all. How can we worship and give thanks? By knowing that the Lord Jesus is good. Knowing that the Lord Jesus is steadfast in His love and that it endures forever. By knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ is filled with faithfulness to all generations. The way that we give thanks and praise and the way that all the earth will worship God with thanksgiving is when all the earth sees that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord indeed. The God over all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you now. We ask, O Lord, that this Thanksgiving week, we would sing your praises. Wherever we find ourselves, with whatever friends and families we gather together with, 
May we sing Your song. May we sing Your praises. May we give a testimony to all the earth that all the good things that we have are a result of Your steadfast love to us. Oh, Jesus Christ, would You be glorified in the thankfulness of Your people. We pray this in Your holy name. Amen.